The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, This saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, Many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I recently completed an online course on theology of the body. How many of you here have heard of this relatively new Catholic theology discussion called theology of the body? Can I just see a show of hands? Okay. Some of you have. That's great. For those of you who have not, the very brief history of it is that John Paul II, now Saint John Paul II, dedicated over 100 of his Wednesday audiences in St. Peter's Square in the very early years of his pontificate to developing this theme of theology of the body. And it's a very deep understanding of the human body, human sexuality, marriage, family. It's really good stuff. And since those early years of his pontificate, so we're talking late 70s, early 80s, different priests and men and women have been unpacking it and trying to make it more understandable to all of us, to the whole church, because it really is a treasure. And today's second reading really highlights one of the main teachings of theology of the body. Namely, that marriage between man and woman is an icon of the inner life of God. That God, and and it reveals God's eternal plan for humanity. What does that mean? It means essentially that God wants to marry us. That That may sound kind of funny, but it's true. From the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this analogy or this icon of marriage is used over and over again by God 
to communicate to us his plan for us, his desire for us. If you think about it, you got Adam and Eve in the very beginning, and God having this intimate relationship with Adam and Eve that unfortunately was broken because of sin. But at the very end of the Bible, you've got the book of Revelation and how God speaks of heaven as a wedding banquet, a celebration of God's love for his people. And right smack dab in the middle of the Bible, you have this rather obscure book called the Song of Songs, which was the Hebrew way of saying the greatest of songs. And it's love poetry. It's Jewish love poetry. Some would even say it's rather erotic. But again, it's God's way of describing how passionately he loves us. And the journey, you might even say, of, of, a, of an individual, of a soul, of a heart, and their relationship with God. All of the different stages of our relationship with God are even spelled out in that Song of Songs within that Jewish love poetry. So for us today, these readings, I think, are really driving home this point that we have indeed entered into a new order so to speak, a new order of grace. I think in today's gospel, Jesus makes it really clear here. He says, it is the spirit that gives life while the flesh is of no avail. He's not saying that our bodies aren't important. On the contrary, one of the things John Paul II was also emphasizing is that our bodies are very important. Our bodies even speak a language that God speaks to us through our bodies, through male and female. And especially, as I said, when they come together and become one flesh, as was highlighted in our second reading, that says something about God. That reveals something to us of God his nature, who he is, how he loves, how he communicates, how he works, and, as I said, how he intends, literally, to marry us, to be united with us forever. But we don't have to wait until we get to heaven to experience that kind of friendship with God. Because we've already been introduced, so to speak, into this new order, the order of grace, through baptism. And every Mass, when we receive Holy Communion, when we receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that covenant with God, that friendship with God, is renewed. You might even say it's consummated. God's commitment to us at every Mass is renewed because of what is made present here. So it's not a 
sexual covenant, if you will. But it's, it's one of God's sacrifice for us on the cross. And his body and blood given to us under these sacramental signs. So we participate in this. And that's hard to understand. It's hard to appreciate. Because it takes faith. And today in the gospel, some people just couldn't believe it. They just couldn't believe that God would love us that much. (laughs) That God would humble himself so much. To meet us where we are at in our brokenness, in our sinfulness. But it's true. It sounds too good to be true, but it's true. That is the good news, brothers and sisters. That is the gospel. And coming at it from this angle, this theology of the body, is something that John Paul II was very gifted at. And it's something that I think can really enrich all of our understanding of our relationship with God. Just how radical God loves us. How radically he loves us. Let me just highlight one more thing here in in that second reading. I'm sure, uh, husbands, if you're here with your wife, you may have elbowed your wife. See? Be subordinate to one another. All right, well, here. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands as to the Lord. But the, the line before that is important. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. I looked up the, the Latin in that word subordinate. Sub, like submarine. So sub means below or under. And ordinate sounds like ordain. So that's where we get our word ordain. So below ordain or under this ordination, you might say. Another translation would be submission, under the mission of. So we are called to be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ, who, in a sense, submitted himself to the will of the Father out of love for us. And then you have to really delve into this and understand that Jesus is calling husband and wife to love each other as he loves his church, as he gave himself up on the cross out of love for his bride, the church. And that's why at the very end, as I've already highlighted here, Paul says, this is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. So marriage is a sacrament. Jesus elevated marriage to the level of a sacrament. Which means that husband and wife in marriage really and truly efficaciously make present the love of God for society, for the church. And again, God is highlighting his ultimate purpose for our lives through marriage In society, through especially marriage in the church, sacramental marriage, he is always reminding us of his plan to marry us. And he is revealing his love to the church through 
married couples and their families. Yesterday, I got to celebrate the 50th wedding anniversary mass for a couple that I've gotten to know here in Michigan. And we were talking about all of this stuff. And I invited people during Holy Communion after we all received and we were seated. I said, just imagine the first time you met Alice and Sam or just reflect on the the last time you had a meal with them or visited them at their house. And just think about the warmth that you felt, the love, the hospitality. Maybe they gave you a gift of some kind and just reflect on how God was loving you through them. Well, God wants us to experience that kind of love and and friendship all the time. We're not always going to feel it. It's true. But I don't think we open ourselves up to the friendship, to the union, to the passion of God that he feels for us and that he wants us to feel for ourselves. He wants us to know experientially how we are loved and cared for, how we are seen and known and loved. So as we continue with today's Mass, let's pray as we prayed in the psalm that we can all taste and see the goodness of the Lord because he is revealing himself to us all the time. In the sacraments especially, as we said today, in marriage, in the Eucharist and Holy Communion, through his word, through nature, he's always revealing himself to us because he wants us to be surrounded by his love. And then, of course, after we receive that, he wants us to share it. But we can't give what we don't have. We can't share what we haven't first received, right? So let's pray that we can be filled up here We're coming to the table. We're coming to the Lord as he has invited us to. And we're going to receive him. We're going to be filled up. We're going to be fed. So that we can then go out and share this love, share this good news with everybody. And if you want help remembering it, if you want to remember what we talked about here today, just hold up your hand and Your five fingers will remind you, God wants to marry me. God wants to marry me. God wants to marry us. That's what we want to take away from this. That he wants that kind of intimate friendship with us. And that he wants us to share that good news and that love of his with others. Amen.